everyone. Welcome to Inside Monster Jam, the official Monster Jam podcast. I'm Scott Jordan, and for this very special season finale edition of Inside Monster Jam, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit, and I'm going to bring in two of the best live event hosts in the sport. To my left, John Sabinaro. To my right, Matt Isabel. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me on Inside Monster Jam. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great to be here, man. Thanks for inviting us. So we're going to get to a little bit of a, a 2023 preview, but first, you know, it, it always fascinates me the amount of questions that I get asked about what life is like on the road as a Monster Jam host. I do want to talk about that, but first, let's go way back to where it started. Matt, you have been here, I think, longer than anybody but Leslie Mears. Is that right? Yeah. So I, talk- I'm, I'm old now, man. <laughs> I'm old with the roster. I'm still the oldest here. Uh, <laughs> that makes me feel really old. Uh, so talk a little bit about your introduction to Monster Jam and, and, and how you got started there. I mean, I was going since I was a kid, like this is something that my dad introduced me to when I was six months old. And it's funny because he actually has a picture now of me when I was six months old on his shoulders and a picture of me standing with him now at a live event in Chicago. So it's really cool. But I was a fan of it since I was a kid and I wanted to be involved somehow. And so I started doing smaller gigs after I got to college. I started doing smaller monster truck events. And how I got involved here was I literally sent uh, Scott Douglas a message on social media. (laughs) <laughs> and like, that's literally what happened. I sent him a message on social media and with my resume, right? Cause I didn't have a resume. I'm like, here's Scott, here's everything I've done. And he's like, this is great. I'm going to send it over. And I'm like, man, I don't think this is ever going to happen. Two days later, I had a phone call from uh, Eric Hoffman here at Feller Entertainment. And I was giving a tryout in Sunrise, Florida. Two days. That's all it took. Two yeah. Days. That's all it took was two days. I was like shocked how fast they gave me a call. Like, <laughs> wow. And that was in 2012. Okay. So you, 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 we always heard of the, the, saying super fan to superstar you go from super fan to superstar host which is just as cool man i think you know to have that dream and that's the thing i didn't know what i wanted to do i just wanted to be a part of the industry somehow where it was it could be a driver it could be a track official it could be an av manager whatever it is but people told me i had a great voice which try out you as a announcer well what at the time it was an announcer <laughs> and now it's host um and that's just how it kicked off, man. I love it ever since. I don't think I would want to do anything else in this company when it comes to like in the performing aspect. It's like being the host. It's like we control the audience, like help control the audience and get them on their feet. You know, we control the audience. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, but you know, no, nobody's there to see us, but we are the glue that keeps everything yes, together. You, you yes. know, um, John, you and I were a part of the famed 2016 Sunrise group. You know, Absolutely. it's amazing that you went to Sunrise as well. Um, you know, John, wait, you two were together though. We were together. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There was a group of 13 of us that got sent down to what at the time was the BB and T Center and yep. Sunrise. It was 13 of us at that audition, and six years later, there are two of us left standing. That's crazy. 13. There was only four with us in Sunrise in 2016. Well, we had a big group, man. So, uh, you know, you you have a different background because you were, you know, in, from from New York and now in L.A., but you were performing and doing comedy. So how in the heck did you end up with Monster Jam? It's funny. Matt's telling his story. And obviously we've known each other for several years now. But like there's some of that that I didn't know. Right. Um, but my story could not be more different. You know, I did not grow up as a monster truck or a monster jam fan. I grew up in New York City and it's just, you know, it's it's not as big. I'd been to one event, I think, when I was probably about 12 years old or so. Um, but, yeah. I'm a performer at heart, you know, and I've been acting and doing comedy for a long time. And I remember seeing the audition and I don't know if, if our year was maybe the first or the second year where, you know, those broad spectrum auditions came out. Right. Um, but I remember seeing it and just looking at it and like, I think I can do that. I, I think I can do that. It was that simple. And I just decided to go to this audition. And so when people ask me now, they're like, wow, how did you get involved with monster jam? I always feel like I'm being sort of 
passive aggressive to them when I'm like, I just went to an audition, but that's really how simple it was. I said, I, I think I can do that. I went out, I did it. And here I am going on seven years later, still doing it. So what was your audition like when you went, um, it was interesting. There were a lot of people. It was in New York city. There were probably 75, a hundred people there. Wow. Yeah. It was a big group. And uh, I don't know if it was like that in the other cities or well, I was the last one to show up. So I wouldn't know. I was there like 15 <laughs> oh. minutes late. Yeah. <laughs> when everybody was gone. Uh, just the callback people were there. I was the last one. I, I was, I was panicking because I thought I'd missed it, but no, I was the last one there. They saw me and it was good. Well, obviously yeah. it went pretty well for yeah. you, yeah. but yeah, um, still here. yeah, so there were a lot of people there and it was, it was a long day and it was a fairly simple audition. There were just some elements from the event. So there were uh, some sponsored reads and then some, basically some competition introductions. And some of it was, Hey, make it your own. And some of it was like, Hey, this is a sponsored read. This has to be verbatim or as close to it as right. possible because we have to hit on it. Um, that was the first part. And then they kept a handful of people and they basically showed us a clip of monster jam. It was from Glendale and they let us watch it a couple times, the open. And then they put us into two people teams and they said, okay, like introduce this. And again, I didn't have a lot of point of reference to monster jam or monster trucks in particular, but I'm a sports fan. And so I said, I'll just, I'll introduce it the way that I would introduce it. If this was baseball or football or something that I really know intimately. And, um, about maybe a, a month and a half later. So definitely a lot different from two, two days, days. Uh, yeah. a month and a half <laughs> later, I get a call there. saying, Hey, yeah. we want to send you down to, um, uh, MJU. And that's where I met Matt Isbell, as a matter of fact. And uh, yeah, it all went well there. And yeah, I watched your first first performance there. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think? <laughs> hey, man, I I thought you did good. And I'm sitting there for five, like I think we're in event number three, and we had some like she's not with us, I and mean, we're on. But I'm standing, there, I'm like I haven't done nothing yet. You're right. Here's a headset and talk to the new host yeah. and help them out. Like, but you, you guys did good. It was a great class because I think it was the first class that like actually came to MJU that way. Yeah, I think you guys were the first class to give a as host to go there and do MJU. And I, I thought MJU was absolutely fantastic. Like some of the best, uh, most realistic boots on the ground training that you can possibly get because, you know, the trucks are running for real and the events running in real time with the exception of the fact that, you know, it's in a field and there's no fans there. So it does remove some of the pressure. It also, I mean, it, it feels like a, like hardcore training because if anybody's ever been to, you know, that part of the country in October or November, it's cold, it's cold and yeah. raining sideways. I think it one day I wore everything that I packed literally at once. I was wearing it all like on top of each other because I just couldn't be warm enough. I was like Joey and friends when he's just loaded yeah. up oh, with clothes. clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could I be wearing yeah. any more clothes? I just didn't know. I was like, Oh, I bet you I know how cold yeah, it's going to be right. in October. No, not in the middle of uh, Illinois. I did not know. And Matt, I'm mad that you didn't tell me. Sorry, I didn't get in, I didn't get invited to MJU. I didn't know whether to take that as an insult or something good. I didn't get invited. Didn't I mean, you? at least you didn't have to deal with the cold, man. I did not. No, I, I never went. So I, you know, I, I would have loved to experience. You're saying this was the greatest experience of my life. Should have gone. Well, I didn't get to go, John. So thank you very much. Um, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about um the evolution of of, of hosts. Let's start first with appearance because I see all of us have facial hair at this point. And yeah. uh, when we started, that was a no no. Everybody had to be clean shaven, no visible tattoos, nothing. So we we, we have evolved. And I, I remember my first summit when I when I accepted the job and they said you have to be completely shaven. I said I, I can't do that because you know a good chunk of my income comes from doing these Justin Timberlake shows, right. you know. And if I don't have a beard, I, I can't even pass that. And I have very oily 
old face and it just doesn't work. <laughs> so they made an exception. And I remember. Is that what you said? Yes, it did. I did. My face is so oily and so old, guys. You got to help me they out. Made, they made, <laughs> listen, I'm telling you, they made the exception. I remember that summit. I am the new guy. I had to stand up in front of everybody and explain why I was allowed to have facial, facial hair. hair I remember and that they year. were not. And I just could see the like the pointy, beady eyes just staring me down. Like, wh- what? Who is this guy? And why does he have a beard? And why can't I? And you know, now we we've evolved a little bit. So I, I think at the, at the time. They wanted everybody to be very, you know, Disney kind of oriented. Obviously, Disney is a huge brand here right. at Feld, and uh, rightfully so. I worked at Disney. You have to have that look. But you know, now I feel like thanks thanks to the current regime, and you know, I think Jamie Dawson was at the forefront of this. You know, they they want everybody to be different, have that edge, have that motorsports edge. Because you and I, you know, we we show up at, at Supercross, and you know, you see the the to- the host with the beards and the tattoos. Monster Jam was just different. Now I feel like we have evolved to that, where everybody can be a little edgy as long as it's clean and and. Mm-hmm. You you know, brand like, but I, I know you guys obviously are feeling that as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I you like begging you. for this. Yeah, I like you, Scott, and I always <laughs> have. Like we've always, we've always gotten along. But I was one of those people looking at this guy like, oh, yeah. come on, man, how come he gets to keep his beard? Because the first thing that Scott Douglas said to me in that audition in New York City after I read, he goes, "That was great." Would you cut your hair and shave your beard? I had a beard yeah. bigger than this yeah. and I had long hair and it did and I, I looked back and I said, if I get the job, I'll do it, but not before that because I didn't want to change my look fundamentally for my brand and everything that it was right. w- with no promise of, of having, you know, the job. I didn't want to do it for a callback or anything. But uh yeah, I'm I'm certainly I'm certainly happy that we were able to uh Get a little facial hair going. <laughs> well, you you, know, you talk about the facial hair, but it's like some of the other things too. We had the po- like the the complete button downs, you know, and it wasn't. I felt like that wasn't really the sporty look. I felt like I was an usher at an event. No, you some, know? Somebody on the world final stream at pit party called me banana man. <laughs> I, took, I, took, no, I took offense to that with the yellow. I think that changed everything at that point. And then on oh, triple threat, we yeah. wore the the shirts with the vest. Like yeah, the, the Marty McFly's. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. Yes. Marty McFly's. Yes. Yeah, you know, and um, you and I only really got to work together a handful of times. The first time was I was a fly-in host. Uh, it was like Grand right Rapids. In Grand Rapids. I came in to host, like do ATVs and, and pit party, and I I was given a Marty McFly vest that was three sizes too small. So it was like oh, that Chris oh, Farley, that. fat guy in a little <laughs> coat. If I would have bent over, that thing would have just ripped to shreds. Um, let's talk a little bit about... Um, as far as your schedule goes this week, because we're still at the Driver's Summit, um, which is also the host workshop. Um, you know, we, we've been through quite a few of these. The first one in a couple of years. I, I had drivers on this show that, you know, basically their schedule is to do a lot of media stuff for 2023 and, you know, headshots and all of that media training, things like that. What, what are you guys here doing? What is your schedule like for the week? Well, like today we came in and we were going through like global partnerships and talking about upcoming sponsors for the year. And then Leslie Mears, you know, the goat, I'm sorry, but the queen, I I call her pit reporting. She literally went through for an hour about pit reporting and teaching us today. And even though John's play-by-play and I'm play-by-play, it's still knowledgeable what we could do this year. And then we met with our, we actually met essentially with our tours for the first time today. Like, and I, I meant to ask you, how did that go for you? Like, it was, it was good. It, it was, it was good to finally get those, a, a little bit of a, a semblance of a breakaway session. So, you know, today being the first day, um, you kind of, I don't know, as many summits as I've been through, I don't know if you feel this way. Like I kind of, I know exactly what to expect, but I never quite know what yes. to expect, um, you know, on each given day. Um, they are a bit of long days, but they are incredibly beneficial. And especially when you see, you know, some of the new hosts or this year is unique because we 
haven't had the ability to have a summit in several years. So there are hosts that worked last year that have never been here. Yep. And, you know, to me and Matt, and I'm sure it feels this way for you, Scott, like it's weird thinking that like, oh, I worked an entire tour with this person and they're like, where's the bathroom? It fell. And you're like, oh, yeah. my God, that's right. You've never, never been, been here, here before. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it, listen, man, the summit, you know, our first one was very much involved in the second one as well. Then, you know, the third one as well, too. And then we, we had a break. So now it's like we have to make up for the last couple of years here that we haven't had one. So everybody's here, you know, going through everything and everybody's just all hands on deck. I know John's going to do some stand up comedy, I think, uh, on Saturday that he just found out about. So, <laughs> only so after we, you sing. Right, only gonna, after you. Actually, you know, I might want to do it first. Yeah. I know the, the good rule of thumb yeah. in stand up comedy is to uh, not follow the musical yeah. act. <laughs> I'm just gonna be stuffing my face watch. So, um, you know, during the pandemic, obviously everything stopped here, you know, live events gone all over the world, you know, sports took a huge hit. We all took a huge hit. So Matt, I know that during that time you branched out and started hosting some independent monster truck events. Right. So what was that experience like for you? It was great, man. Cause I, it was nice to go back to my roots because it kept me sharp. So when monster jam, you know, was a call me back, you know, it kept me sharp. And here's the thing too. It's like, because said it, we all took a hit, right? And Scott Douglas took a hit as well. But I got to work with Scott again. Like, he, he came on board. And it was really cool to work one-on-one -on -one Scott with again. And here's the funny. He never stopped training me. Like, every event, he would still coach me. and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool, man. And then to get the call, Palach, when Andrew called me last year and said, hey, you ready to come back? It's like, oh, man, I'm ready. Like, it was like, it's nice that we're back in full swing. But it was just, I don't know for you guys, but it was just like weird. Like, no Monster Jam for like almost a full year. Like it was just so weird not to do it. Yeah, what what were you doing? We we weren't involved too much here for a while, right? So you went off and did did some comedy. Yeah, I mean, well, comedy was kind of shut down too. So yeah. there, I was doing a lot of um, Zoom comedy events, yeah. which was all the rage. Everybody was doing everything on Zoom, right? Um, so I did a little bit of that. I did, you know, any any gigs that I could pick up in LA. Obviously, we were very very much locked down for the entire time but there were little by little you know production had to start again on film and, and tv and so there were a little bit of you know odd jobs extra work uh stand-in work and things that popped up so i started auditioning again and um you know then i got a call too to come back also from from palachko and that was i don't want to say it was a relief but it was it was incredible because i i didn't really know um when the pandemic happened and, and everything, you know, took a huge hit, there's no guarantees, right? And I always knew that I wanted to come back and I always felt like I had unfinished business at Monster Jam. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, yeah. but there's no guarantee of that, you know? So I looked at it and I felt like for my own mental health and for my own just psyche going forward, I, I looked at it when the pandemic happened. Well, that's a chapter of my life that's over. And so when I got the call to come back, it was like, I think I have the opportunity to maybe do some stuff that I always wanted to do. And, you know, in that regard, it's been very fulfilling because I know it sounds cliche, but it's not that I, I didn't appreciate this job before because I, I always have. But in a, in a different kind of way, it's you don't know what you got till it's gone. And, and yep. it was gone like that for all of us. And so it was, it was jarring. And then coming back was, um, was awesome and, and scary and nerve wracking all at the same time. And not for, you know, public health reasons or anything like that. Like I got thrusted in week one in 2021 on two days notice. Hey, you're going to Salt Lake city. 
oh, by the way, you're hosting this event by yourself. Yep. And I had never done a Monster Jam event by myself. That's how I was in Raleigh the first time when I came back. I did it by myself. But you had that experience before. Right, yes, cause, yes. You know, for you, you didn't have it. I yeah. never had that. And I, I knew that I was capable of doing it. But also, you know, it had been eight months, nine months, ten months, whatever. And so I'm sitting there like, I am freaking out a little bit. And I remember as soon as I got done... That weekend, I was like on my way back to the uh, airport. I texted uh, Scott Douglas and Greg Whitaker, and I just said, I just want to thank you both for all of the the training and insight and everything you've provided for me over the past several years because I was so nervous going into this, but I knew because of, of what you guys were able to teach me that I was prepared to do it, and, and it went well. So, And what is your relationship, and this is for both of you, what is your relationship like today with Scott Douglas? I'll go first. You want me to go first? No, you go first. I, <laughs> I just mean, talked everybody's ear off. I mean, after I mean, when the pandemic shut down, it was I helped produce Scott's online conversations with Scott Douglas because he, I think we all know Scott's technology challenged. Yes. Um, but it was nice to know, like when he just like wanted some outside help, he was able to call. And him and I, ever since, it's like we talk once, twice a week on the phone. And it's like, especially with the new formats this year coming up for 2023 with the arenas, wanting my input because I've been part of it. It's like we have that great business relationship but outside of it him and I, i've now been able to call him as a friend especially being able to be on the road with him you know when monster jam like everything was shifting around a little bit being able to be on the road with him it's nice that i can actually call him my friend now and be able to just have a conversation like we're having right now you know yeah i our, our relationship is admittedly probably a little different i also consider him a friend but it's also um I think it's different because you worked with him. Again, your hiring process was different. You've been around longer, and so you had the opportunity to work with he him in different capacities. threw me to capacities. the wolves, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas when I got involved and when you got involved, he was you know, the legendary Scott Douglas right. who was just there to teach you and to just right. usher in the new era of Monster Jam hosts. So I always kind of look at him as this uh, you know, mentor and teacher and I, in a way, like an authority figure, you know, a father figure in this industry, because we've never worked side by side the way you and I have worked right. side by side or you've worked with him side by side. So, yeah, I consider him a friend and, and you know, I, I'm getting to the point where I, I consider him, you know, maybe a, dare I say it a peer. You know, I think I've, mm-hmm. I've been doing this long enough where it, it feels that way. Um, but it, it's a little different, I think. Well, and you knew when Scott Douglas called you, that meant that you you were going to work. So I, it's funny. I used to joke around and say Scotty D stand for Scotty Dallas Science because you knew you were going. To, you knew you was about to go to work and get paid. Yep. At that point, man, it was always good. Um, John, you had a chance uh, this past year to go back to New York uh, to MetLife and host at the desk, man. What was that like for you? Man, that was unbelievable. And first of all, thank you to you. Thank you to everybody at Monster Jam. Thank you to everybody at the New York Jets. Anybody who follows me on on Instagram or social media, they know what I'm talking about. And you you completely fooled me and surprised me as as we closed out Stadium Championship Series Yellow in my my hometown stadium, uh, giving me a, a, a Jets jersey that was gifted by the organization and Monster Jam and, and you. And I really just appreciate that so much. So that made it unbelievably special but even without that even without you know a, a a tangible piece to take home with me to remember that event by it was surreal because you know this is and MetLife is not a, a particularly old stadium but you know I went to the first ever Jets game there at that stadium so I had been going there for as long as it has been built and so to be able to go back there and and host and and be there in that capacity was Again, I I hate to sound cliche, but it it was a literal dream come true. Like I was there 
there were moments where I had to kind of pinch myself and be like, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm standing on the 50 yard line in MetLife Stadium. So it's it, it was it was incredible, man. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, I, I rag on the Jets as, as a Ravens fan, but they were first class all the way, man. There was no hesitation. It was like, absolutely. Let's let's do it. What can we do? How can we do it? Let's get it done. And, and you know, so I, I, I respected them for that. And then the Ravens went on to kill them in uh, week one of the season in MetLife. So it's just it's like win win for everybody. Yeah. Though. It, was, it was yeah. a, it was a win all around. And I yeah. do. I do have to give you kudos, man, because. You know, people maybe have seen like snippets or anybody who is listening to this or watching this, maybe they were there that day. And so they, they kind of saw the whole thing unfold. But for the people who didn't and maybe just saw a screenshot, like I am not a naive person. I am not a person that is easily like taken by a by a ruse. But you you got me, Scott, yes, like you sir. played the long game. <laughs> this dude spent all season. Anytime TV was there. We oh, set I up, heard we do our wraparound. He is we're in a baseball stadium. He's dissing the Mets. We're in a football stadium. He's dissing the Jets. And yeah. then he's like, listen, you know, I think I'm going to come out of the booth. I think we should banter side by side at the desk. I think it'll be nice. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm ready for it. I brought a Jets hat. I was wearing the Jets hat during host open. I was like, listen, man, if we're going to war, over this i'm standing my ground and i'm not gonna let you do this and then he pulls out from the bag this this jets jersey with with my name on it and i was like flabbergasted yeah i told him it was a ravens but listen i i I, i'm a good at ruse guy because i'm the one that had to tell scott douglas he was getting inducted into the hall of fame without him knowing he's getting inducted in the hall of fame (laughs) and the look on his face i had to keep that i I had to keep that from him for like a week uh and still have a meeting with him hey just be there why am i doing this again because you need to do this so yeah i told him it was a ravens jersey in the bag they were playing week one i was gonna rag on him and then yeah it was it was a great moment uh you know i was happy for you and then went back to my jets hating ways after that uh but no first class all the way um you know matt let's talk a little bit about you know w- with your career you've been around for, for so long you've, you've done so many of these arena events and john i know you, you started in arenas as well but it's, it's a different schedule with yes. arenas because you're going to do five sometimes six events in one weekend man so like when you go to a place like rosemont which is home for you as well what is that schedule like for you i mean you arrive on thursday and the first i mean first thing i do is i go to the venue because i want to see where my cameras are going to be where I'm going to, where show call is going to be, you know, just all my placements. And then it's just meeting my co-host afterwards. We usually go out to dinner to coast AV team and just go through the weekend. And then Friday is when it like really starts, especially like a six show weekend in Rosemont. Cause you just, or six event week in Rosemont. You don't, cause you don't just do technically six events. You also do practice. So you got practice and that, pit party and pit party. So yeah. So let's see, we got two pit parties, one practice. It's like nonstop. So you have to get to the venue. And then I, Chicago, I do the media in Rosemont too. So I'm there at 5 a.m. I don't go back to the hotel. So my day starts on Friday at 5 a.m. and goes to like almost 11 o'clock at night. Cause usually in Rosemont too, like Douglas or Greg are there. So you're getting the notes afterwards too. So it's like, get all your sections together for like giveaways where you plan, where you can do all this great stuff with the fans. And then run through practice. You got an hour break to eat and then you come back and then you do the first event, get notes, go back and sleep for five hours, get back up. And then you just keep going, but dude, it's all worth it. Like, especially yeah. like state. I don't know about stadiums. I've done plenty of stadiums, but like, in my opinion, Rosemont is the best live audience for an arena. When it comes to the loudness and the craziness, they get you through all six of those events that yeah. you do. The only place that's close is probably Los Angeles, crypto.com. Yes. Oh, yeah. Arena. Like crypto. that place really pops yes, They, too, they do as well. Done. Yeah. Well, listen, let's be fair. Look at the Lakers. They ought to cheer for something. Why not give them <laughs> <monster> <laughs> yeah, You're not wrong. You're not um, wrong. 
Yeah, I, I had a chance to do an arena tour at the end of 2020. It was a lot of fun. I never had a chance to do it. And I, I had a blast. And you and I got to do, finally, events together in Huntsville, Alabama. The yep. Van Andel Arena, great venue. We had some great crowds. But the hottest, I've said this before, the hottest hallway I've ever been in in my oh life. My Wait, what? Like, it's like there's I've never a, done Huntsville. No, it's, on my, it's on my lineup this year. The, the arena to the hotel is connected by a hallway at the convention center. And I mean, it is like you are a, an ant under a, a microscope, micro hourglass, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> just, you know, it, it, you walk into that thing and it's just like it just engulfs you, you know, it's no it, it would, kidding. Yeah. It's like a it's it's like a, a really long jet bridge, basically. You know, it's just this this tunnel, but it's if it, it, it's glass on both sides, yeah. I think. So if it's a hot, warm, sunny day, it's just coming through that glass and heating that place up. But it's it's the only way or the easiest way, the quickest way to walk from the hotel to the venue uh, because they're connected. Technically, yeah. it's like a convention center deal. So, um, oh, man, it was so, yeah. so, so warm in there. And we did six events. We did six events. Yeah. No. No, no cameras. No, nope, no cameras. Um, and would, and Scott and I just uh, we just switched off. We just yeah. flip flopped each event. That, who was doing uh, which role? Right. That was the <laughs> event. I realized I needed glasses because I could not read the script anymore. I couldn't read the PA book. <laughs> and all I had in my bag, just in case, because I started to get headaches with my wife's little blue readers, and I looked I looked so great reading the script or doing the show and those all weekend. Um, let's do a preview here. Let's talk about the next season, 2023. Mm-hmm. John, you're going to be on Stadium Championship Series Blue. You get. Ryan Anderson, Barry Mosauer. Um, what you did tell me to do, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be a state of championship series blue. Ryan Anderson, Barry Mosauer, Cynthia Gautier, Tyler Meninga, Corey Rummel, Jim Kohler, John Gordon, Ryan Disharoon, Mark List, Joe Foley, and Chris Kohler. That's a good lineup. Kohler's got four trucks. Ryan Anderson, defending series champion. Barry had you know, more freestyle wins than anybody. Um, Tyler Meninga uh, back on that series. You get Cynthia Gautier over from Red. It's a lot, man. That's that's a good lineup. So what are your expectations for Stadium Blue? I mean, it's a great lineup, first of all, uh, to echo everything you just said. Um, the interesting for th- the interesting thing for me is that it's about 50% of the drivers that I had last year on Stadium Championship Series Yellow and then 50% new drivers, essentially. I don't know if that number is exactly accurate, but it's right there. Um, so I'm, look f- I'm looking forward to seeing the return of the grudge match between Tyler Menninga and Ryan Anderson because they had spent the beginning portion of the season going back and forth. And I don't think Ryan had quite hit his stride. I don't know if he was getting used to the truck or if he was getting used to, you know, having Bryce as a crew chief for the first time all season or what it was. But Tyler really put the world on notice. Hey, I know that I've been a star in the arenas, but now I'm here. I'm in a stadium and I'm not going to be held back. And then all of a sudden it seemed like Ryan won one weekend and he never stopped winning. Yeah, yeah. And as good as Tyler would do, or I got to mention Camden Murphy, who's not on the tour this year, but as good as Camden would do, trying to keep pace, they just could not catch up to Ryan. So I don't know if, look, for my money, Ryan's probably the best in the world right now. And I don't know if he can, even with that, I don't know if he can have another season that is as dominant. But I think that's the thing I'm looking forward to seeing is can he do that again with some of the people now who have gone up head to head with him like Bari and Tyler and, you know, maybe know what it takes to take down Ryan or some people who don't really know and are just like, hey, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to drive hard. And I'm going to do my thing. You know, John Gordon comes to mind. Mark List comes to mind. Like they're not necessarily going to worry about who's lined up against them or who they're trying to beat. They're just going to go out and drive like John Gordon and like Mark List. So I think the entire lineup is intriguing, but yeah, look, Ryan Anderson coming off of a world championship, coming off of back-to-back series championships, 
he's he's the guy you got to look at. Uh, his freestyle in Orlando was unbelievable, man. It was just like one thing after. And when, just when he thought he was done, he wasn't done. So I, and I've said it before. I, I don't think there's anybody better at freestyle in the sport than him. You know, he didn't win world finals. I thought he was going to for sure. Uh, came up just short. But I, when it comes to just freestyle, giving the people what they want, knowing what the people want and right. having mm-hmm. that attitude, they're just going to run the truck into the dirt and don't care what happens. There's nobody better. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, East Rutherford before. I, the sidewall donut that Ryan oh, yeah. did in East Rutherford was probably the most impressive and craziest thing I've ever seen in six years of Monster Jam. I mean, I was watching that in stunned disbelief that he got, I think it was seven or eight revolutions on the sidewall and then landed back on all four BKT tires. I was stunned. I, I could not believe what I was watching when I saw that. Yeah, it's crazy. And now we move over to the arena side. So let's talk about your tour arena championship series central. You get Brandon Vinson over from the West, Cody Saucier, Brandon, Michaela Talishka, Zach Garner, John Zimmer Jr. So far are the drivers that have been named. That's another great lineup. I, I said on the weekly update that I cannot wait to see Brandon Vinson and Cody Saucier race every single night for the entire season. So what are your thoughts there? It's crazy because on the one side, it's like I got Zach Garner again and John Zimmer Jr. Here we're dominant last year and I can't I'm excited to watch him because it's like we got Brandon Mitz at the world racing champion but Zach Garner was fast in racing he was so quick this year I can't wait to watch that matchup it's like I sit there and look at this I'm like I have the opportunity for so many racing matchups and it's like I don't think I've ever been this excited in a long time to watch racing in an arena because it's gonna be fast how technical that they are and especially like Brandon Vincent's technical in two wheel um so is Cody Saucier and Brandon Talushka, I don't know if you two see ever seen him run, but I've had him the past couple of weekends. Like he's really good, mm. man. He's can be dominant. And Michaela Talushka, two weeks ago was her Monster Jam debut. Last weekend she won her first freestyle. Yeah. At only twenty one years old. That's wild. Like, like and it was only her third event ever, and she won freestyle. Like yeah. that just says something. Like the standard these drivers have in the arenas today. Like it's no longer. Gravedigger is going to win everything, you know, or Max D, you know, it's because those drivers were the top, top, top. Everybody's good now. And it's just nice to watch because I can go in this year and it's not going to be Brandon Vincent might not get that automatic bid this year. It could be Zach Arner. It could be Cody getting an automatic bid. I think it's just, I think no, nothing else against any other arena tour, but I think this is going to be the closest one out of all of them when it comes to the points. Well, let's talk about Stadium Championship Series Red. We'll get your opinion mm-hmm. here. You have Adam Anderson, Tom Mintz, Caleb Blood, Camden Murphy, Mike Christensen, Travis Mowry, Matt Nick Pagley, Rulo, Todd the Duke, Bryce Kenny, Jamie Garner, Colvinard. Another great lineup, but mm-hmm. who comes out of the Red Series with the championship? Man, I mean, look. It's hard to argue against Adam and Tom, right? They've been the the, the gold standards yes. for a very long time. Um, but seeing him as often as I've seen him, he was on my tour last year, and I worked with him two previous years in arenas. You got to watch out for Camden Murphy. Camden Murphy yep. is pound for pound as good as any driver in Monster Jam. I know that he doesn't have the all of the accolades. I mean, yes, Rising Star of the Year, Rookie of the Year. He's got some of the hardware, right? But he is, when you go to his racing background and you look at what he's able to do, he's not intimidated by anybody. And it doesn't matter if he's lining up against 
Ryan Anderson. It doesn't matter if he's lining up against a, a racing world finals champion. He is confident enough to say, I'm the fastest person on this track, period. And all I've watched him do in the other events is just grow. He takes risks. He's not afraid in the skills challenge and in freestyle. I mean, we were just in Australia last month and, you know, in downpouring rain, Camden Murphy is putting on an absolute clinic in a freestyle competition. If you, if you haven't seen it, you should go find it somewhere and watch it because it's absolutely incredible. So, you know, I think Camden, I don't know if it's fair to say he's a dark horse, but I think because you have Adam Anderson and you have Tom Mentz, you kind of have to put Camden in that category. But he, I mean, he's as good as anybody. Well, what hurt him last season was freestyle. He admitted that he had, he had multiple racing wins, multiple skills wins, but he only had two freestyle wins. Yeah. And when you, when you're up against Ryan Anderson, Barry Musauer, Tyler Menega, you can't have two freestyle wins and win the series. Right. And he, he admittedly, you know, said it's something that's sticking with him that he needs to work on. Uh, and, and we'll see what happens. But Camden Murphy, you know, obviously I think this could be a year that he does it, but stack lineup there as well. I love the way the tours are laid out. Let's talk about Arena Championship Series East. Weston Anderson returns to the East. Defending champion Lindsey Reed, Armando Castro, Dalton Widener, Bernard Light, Hunter Sosa, Chad Tingler, Frank Krimmel. Weston Anderson, does he repeat as the East Series champion, Matt? I like that Lindsey Reed's doing in this mix because <laughs> she has the experience from both the arena and stadium, like yeah. constant. It's not like she did a full season in the stadium, full season in arena. I mean, she did in arenas, but she has had that mix back and forth so many times. So she knows her boundaries really well. And I feel like she's going to give Weston Anderson that real shot. Well, but let's face it. What Weston's a madman behind the wheel, especially in arenas, the stuff he was doing this year in his first year, I really do feel like it's going to be another repeat for Weston Anderson. He's just, yeah. he's that good. It's like really hard to pick against him. You can't deny him. Yeah. Like, and his confidence level is incredible. I, I I brought the Lindsay Reed, you know, inclusion up to him, and he said, "Yeah, she's great, but she's been out of the truck for a while, so you know, it's just, he didn't right. brush her off." But it's just like, yeah, no, no, she's good too. But here's why I'm better than her. I, I love that kid's confidence. It is unbelievable, off the charts. Usually, you know, I I don't like that in, in, in an athlete, but the way he, the way he carries himself, he's still very humble, right? Mm-hmm. but he knows he's good. He yeah. knows he's good and he is good. And there's a difference between, you know, confidence and cockiness. Yeah. And, yes. you know, I've worked with Weston a handful of times. I've met him a few times, so I don't claim to know him super well. He's the Anderson that I know the least, right? Yeah. But he doesn't come off as a, as a cocky individual. He comes off as somebody who knows what he is capable of. But the confidence factor is so interesting to me because you know, I think Lindsay Reed is a perfect example because, you know, she was a really good driver and you could see the progression of Lindsay getting better and better and better. But, you know, then she wins that world finals freestyle championship yep. and her whole like it was like her coming out party. She yeah. was like, oh, I've arrived. I can compete with yep. anyone yeah. because on the biggest stage I did it. And so, you know, I don't want to jump in on your tour, but I think not that Brandon Vincent lacks for confidence because he knows how good he can be. But I think that's something to really look for to see if that racing world finals championship gives him the boost to say, OK, exactly, man. And it's like Lindsay Reed too. her that world freestyle win was so unexpected yeah. because she came out of the showdown that weekend. So. That was, to people, nothing against Lindsay. It's like, to the people, it was shocking that she won that, and then she won freestyle. And it's like that ultimate confidence boost, like you said it is. And I think that's going to help her in that arena tour this year. But like I said, it's hard to deny Weston. It, it really is. It, it is. He's, that, he's, 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 he's so good. <laughs> unstoppable. All right, guys. Final tour, then we'll take a couple fan questions. I'll let you get out of here. Arena Championship Series West. Kristen Anderson, the defending central champion. Elvis Linus, Tristan England, David Olford, Bailey Shea, Mark Hall, and Kurt Kramer. What is the road for Kristen Anderson to repeat as a series champion? Tough one. Yeah. I mean, 
I had her and Elvis that, this whole season this year, and her and Tony battled and battled and battled. And then literally it was the last weekend. It was that close. I think it was within six points. Yeah. And Kristen, you know, and that's the thing that fans don't see behind the scenes, right? I was walking through the tunnel and it was our last event where we're getting a crown champion. And I, she's standing in my host room. I was like, hey, you okay? And she's like, Matt, it, it's getting to me. I don't know if I can do this. This is Kristen Anderson. Yeah. And Anderson. And the pressure's getting to her. She didn't know she could do this. Like, and now you have these great drivers because, like, I'm going to say this, like, the repeat, it's going to be tougher because... Have you guys seen Elvis lately? Linus and El Toro Loco. She, she yeah. mentioned that too. She she he won like four out of five events the last time they were together, and he he is. I mean, the dude is just coming a long way. Tristan England also. I mean, oh yeah, he's he's a, like I'm not saying it. Tristan's not a dark horse. He he's won a series before. I think that's the biggest thing, and I'm happy Scott that you mentioned Tristan because you know uh, a two time triple threat series two-time. champion, yeah, and uh, you know obviously he also won the showdown previously. So yes. you know he's he's got. He's got some notches on his belt. And, you know, I also think he's had a little bit, you know, he, he went head to head with Brandon Vincent for a tour championship, fell a little bit short. So I think he's trying to get back to the winning ways. Yes. And, you know, he's also a person who's dealt with some adversity. You know, he, he had some, uh, he'll say it. I'm not, I'm not talking down on him, but he's, he had some, some bad world finals appearances. So I think Tristan is a really great up and coming driver. Who's really trying to establish himself. And what better way to do that than to get back to winning a series championship over a reigning series, series champion, champion in Kristen. Anderson, who's also an Anderson, who also drives Gravedigger, and a young driver as talented as Elvis Linus. He's got so, a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, he absolutely does. For somebody who's had a great young career, he absolutely has a chip on his shoulder. That's a great point. And uh, to close this out, we're going to take some fan questions. You can stay involved in the conversation on Instagram, Scott Jordan, MJSX. <laughs> this one comes from Real Monster Hub. For both of you, with so many years of hosting events under your belt, what are some bucket list items you want to accomplish? Ooh, you man, go first. I don't know, man. You gotta give me a second. Okay, here, uh, this is a lot. Like I'm like, man. I was like, hoping I could pass this off to Matt. Like I'm, I'm classic. Like if you go out to dinner with me, I'm always like, I'll order last. I'll figure it out while yep. everybody else is ordering. Um, no, I look. It, it's not to say. Um, I, I'm a firm believer in you should always have goals and you should always want to get better and do more and be better and learn and all of that stuff. But this past year at Monster Jam, I, I mentioned before that I had unfinished business when, you know, before I came back. And I feel like this year I was so fortunate to do a lot of those things that I had previously never had the opportunity to do. Um, hosting in East Rutherford in my home stadium was one, um, being the play by play host at world finals was another going to Australia was another. And I got to do all of those, you know, this past year. So I feel incredibly fortunate to have had three of those major bucket list items already accomplished. Um, you know, that said, I, I think, I think I would love to go back to world finals simply because look, we had an unbelievable epic cinematic moment yes. with that racing win on that first the day best racing final history in my right opinion. and to be a part of that is incredible but it also didn't go the way it was supposed to go so i think i would like to have a world finals experience kind of go a little bit more by the book if you will like that'd be yeah, cool yeah 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 for sure yeah i mean i feel like i've almost accomplished every bucket list item except one and that is 
to be the play-by-play host at Monster Jam World Finals. Oh, my God. That, that, that's, that's the only one I want. So I, listen, I'm just going to break this down. Matt Isbell right here just told John Sapinero he wants his gig. He wants his job. So that's going to unfold throughout the 2023 season to see who There's is at the There's drama building between the, the host. No, it's, it's, a, it's a valid, it's a valid uh, no, you know, dream that. Listen, man, you, ab- you absolutely deserve it, dude. The, the amount of work that you've put in in this company and the amount of stuff that I've learned from you from just being a co-host, being being a friend, being, being a colleague, you know, I mean, it's like, that's the thing. It's like my role now, besides just being a host, it's like helping the new talent. And I love doing it, but it's like, I've hit everything. Like myself and Kay Young are the only two Monster GM hosts that have done every single role. Mm-hmm. And that's including Thunder Alley. Like right. we've done every role. And it's like, that's an item that I never thought I would have been able to do. I've done an international. It's just like, I, I don't know what else there is for me to more to me accomplish. So what I do now is I just focus on helping the new talent and make them better because eventually they're going to take take over for me and that's just how it is in entertainment and it's hosting like and i want to make them the better star so every, i feel like I've everybody done it has a shelf life you yes. know oh, every every job is a shelf life you just gotta do the best you can and, and live every day yeah to the fullest man so listen I, I appreciate you both being here uh you can catch john sapinaro on stadium championship series blue starting january 7th where you used to start san diego san diego back-to-back weekends in san diego which is great for me because no flights for the first two weeks there you go <laughs> and you can catch matt arena championship series central where do you guys start charleston Charleston. All right. Well, guys, I appreciate it, man. I, I will be seeing you here throughout uh, throughout the week. So thank you so much for joining me. Uh, for you folks at home, we're going to close the season out with some breaking news, even though that this is the season finale of Inside Monster Jam. We are coming back next year for 40 all new episodes. So thank you so much for hanging out with us here. It's because of you that we're going to continue this train of running. You can download this show at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can watch us on YouTube at MonsterJam.com. For my fellow guests here, my co-hosts for the day, Matt Isbell, John Sapinero, I'm Scott Jordan, signing off for the year. I'll see you next year right here on Inside Monster Jam.